today. I'm here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. We're drinking a Lafroig tonight, y'all. The new one. Cannot wait. The Carches, 2023 Carches, the White Port, uh, and Madeira. It's it, when you it, when you look at it, it looks like it would be, be pronounced Caridias, Caridas, Caridias. But it's it's you know it's Gaelic. Yeah. So which means so there like it doesn't make sense. But no, what the, what it, it means, means friendship. Yeah. It's Carches is like the word like you know, like a car chase is how it was explained to us. A yeah, while back, right? Carches. So this is the first one. So uh, they recently had the master distiller, the master distiller from I don't know, like two thousand eight or something like that. Uh, John Campbell, he's retired. Okay. So there's a new master distiller, Barry uh, McAffers, and this is his first release. I don't know anybody. Named, I don't know anybody named Barry. Do you know any Barrys besides Mr. White? I mean, obviously, besides him. Sanders. And if, if you're Juan, he's also thinking of the Flash and not not him either. I know Barry Sanders. You know you do know Barry Sanders. Do you know Barry yeah, Sanders? And, and, and I'm not I mean like personally. I, I mean I like know. No, but I don't really think about that. Um it's just like it's not an unusual name. It's not very common. So we're gonna drink uh this uh Carches. It's again aged in white port and Madeira. Which, Which that is also not very common. No, white port. So I'm excited because I, th- I you know it's going to be sweet. I don't even know what white port is. It, well, you know what port is? I know what port is, but all the port I've ever had has is been two things. Delicious, delicious and red. red. <laughs> but uh, this one I think is just used with That green, was not like, rehearsed. No, green grapes. We, you just knew what I was going to say. Yeah, absolutely. Delicious and red. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited about it because I, I have a feeling... That it's gonna have some sweetness to it because port is sweet, Madeira yeah. wine is is a sweeter wine. Uh-huh. Or like, it's like, kind of like a brandy with a little, you know, okay, a little sweeter. All right. Um, so we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. The raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So on the nose, the nose to me is like smells like Lafroig. Yeah, but it has a, a little bit of like a ginger smell, some lemon. Really. And the, the it's the natural or the char- the characteristics of Lafroig that you get. Yeah, it's it's what you the, would ex- expect Band-Aid, on the nose. Ash, and when you open peat. it up and you pour, you don't even have to get close to it to smell it, right? It's got that. But it has a little bit of like honey, characteristic, lemon potency, like almost like that delicious lemon cake that your lady Pamela made the other day. Oh, by the way, shout out to my goddaughter. Mm. Mary, she had her first confession this week. That's right. She turned seven. She did it. And I was so proud of her. Uh, I asked her, I said, like, so what are you most excited about being turning seven? And she goes, um, being able to be confirmed and receive the Holy Eucharist. Next question. Yeah, and I was just like, I love you mm, so good much. Answer. Good answer. Yes. Almost like, almost like she's been trained. Yeah, almost like she, that's been <laughs> rehearsed. Uh, so what did you think? I haven't tried it yet. What, I mean, oh man, uh, it's fantastic. 
So let me just say that usually, uh, you know, like for Lefroy especially, um, whenever they do other things, very often I say it's good, but it's for it for me. I just don't like it as much as the ten. This one is better than the ten. This is definitely better. I second that. I do. Man. Don't you By think the way, so? we have Juan here. I'm so oh, hey, sorry. Juan, Juan yeah, I'm Juan. so sorry that I did not introduce you. I got I was so excited about the whiskey. Juan, when did you get <laughs> here, bro? I almost like started the whole episode out. I was like, Where'd you get a frog? Like <laughs> I was like, nope, that is not temperate. Like, that is not prudent. Mm. Now we're here. Like, oh, but it's so good though. There is. is a little bit I get like a little bit of cherry in the background. I mean it's it's definitely still Lafroig, which I really like. Okay. If mm. it if it didn't have the all the characteristics that Lefroig, you know, if it's if it's not on brand, mm-hmm. then I would be disappointed. Okay, fifty-two point three percent. Oh, so it's it's stronger too. Yeah. I wonder if they did that fifty-two point three. I wonder if they did that like two three for like twenty-three two thousand twenty-three. Maybe. Man, that is delicious. Yes. So, uh, this bottle probably runs a little bit about. Over a little over a hundred dollars. Sure. Uh, yeah. So very the, very good. The Karchis is always you know more expensive. Um, you know what I don't recommend is the Select, Lefroig Select. Like it's more expensive, uh, and it's just to me it's like it's just not as good. Okay. Just my opinion. To me, like the ten, that's where you that's where it's at. But this, man, this is really good. So this is just, you know, they put this out every year. So it's not going to be available for long. Mm-mm. So if if you want it, you go look for it now. If you see it, uh, you might want to pick it up because you won't it's be able really to get really it. Good. You won't be able to get it. It's just, it's so hard to balance out the peat and do it well. You're right. You know, that they really yeah. did an amazing job. I here. agree. I agree. And the car just the last, I don't know, three or four years has just been so excellent. Um, they had they had a couple, oh, a while ago, five or more years ago, that just I thought were misses, mm-hmm. um, which is really too bad when you spend a hundred bucks because it's always been an expensive bottle. You know, you spend a hundred bucks and kind of a letdown. Right, that's a letdown. But sure. man, this this is just fantastic. Yeah, well done, Lefroig. Way to go, Barry. Yeah, you did well it. Well done. If this is like. What you're planning on, like this, the course of action that you're yeah. taking, uh, trajectory, I guess. Let's raise insane. a glass to Barry. To, sure. to Barry. Cheers. There we go. So what else has been going on, Dave? How's everything else going? Man, things are really good. I planted wheat. I've got some, I have a wheat field. Some winter wheat? Mm-hmm. And it looks so good. Why like, are you saying that way? Why am I saying what? What way? Yeah. Um. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um. I have no idea what to expect. Okay. And that's, I kind of like it that way. It's just, you know, the whole homesteading project has just been like, let's just do this and, and just see. see what happens. And then right. like, we'll make some mistakes and, but that'll be great. And next year we'll do it a little better. And, you know, um, so I have no idea what to expect. I do, I have tried to do some math and it's just uh, like 40, 40 feet by 35 feet, roughly, maybe 40 by 40 because it's not exactly a square. Maybe it averages out to be about that, but depending on my yield, it should be enough for me to continue to make bread all year long. Wow! I mean, it depends on how depends on how many loaves you know you're making yeah. a week or whatever. But um, I don't know if winter wheat actually gives you the the same yield. This isn't like a like multiplication of the loaves for the whole year. This is just no, like no. That's yeah. That's a just, literal amount. Yeah, like. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I just I'm basing that on kind of what I've seen other people like either from YouTube videos, you know, and how the much tubes. They, when they took like a very small amount of wheat and it, the whole process turning it down into flour. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, my patch is so many times bigger than that, which you know, whatever mm-hmm. and so once again, I don't know if I don't know if winter wheat actually gives you the big yields that like spring or summer wheat does. Um I'll find out. I'll let you know. Sweet. But I'm excited. It looks so good out there because it's really, you know, right now all the grass is turning brown. A lot of it is anyway. But that, that wheat, it's like this virgin 
you know, like newly born green color. Nice. It's really nice, yeah. I, I like to just look at it. I do. We're getting old. I'll go out there sometimes, and if you get too close, then you can see it's like, oh. But for, from a distance, it kind of looks like just this lush field. Green. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I found out that I'm going to Seek this year. Sweet, bro. We're going to... Uh, we have a podcast for Seek. Yeah. Uh, you, that's going to be out. So if you haven't uh, you downloaded the, the Seek podcast, you can just search Seek and it'll, it'll, it'll pop up. But we have a very uh, like a special episode that will be released by them. It'll be cool. And are you going to tell why you're going or are you going to save it? Are you going to save why you're going? You're going to save why yeah, you're going? I'm okay. But I'm, but I'm going to go. You're going. And there's the reason, but we're saving it. We're going to save it. You're saving it. Being saved. Mm. Okay, maybe for next week. We'll shoot for next week. Okay, all right. Just Mate. people are going to be losing sleep over it. We're going to get emails. Uh, a week is a long time. I mean, yeah. people like if you lose sleep for a week, your health could really deteriorate. So yeah. I hope, I hope, like nobody ends up in the hospital or worse because of your selfish decision here today, Adam. But you know, we'll see. It'll all square up <laughs> in the end. Maybe a little extra purgatory, but hey, that's on you. That's, that's your on, decision. Yeah. You're a grown man. You make him. You make him yourself. Make, make your own decisions. Yeah. Thanks for bringing this bottle of whiskey. It's delicious. Yeah. Speaking of good decisions. Yeah, that was a good decision. So what are we talking about tonight? We're gonna be talking about the three loves, the three appetites. Because a lot of times they say actually four loves. Correct. You're not. We're not talking about those kinds of loves. We're talking about a more fundamental. We're going to be establishing the metaphysical foundation of love today. Talking about Barry White. Yeah. Dave and Pamela, Haley and I, Jim and Kathy, and Father Patrick Briscoe, Dominican friar from the Dominican House of Studies, editor of Our Sunday Visitor. We're going to the Holy Land, and we want you to come with us. April 3rd through the 13th, 2024, we're going to be walking in the footsteps of our Lord and His Apostles. We're going to celebrate daily Mass and sample some of the best local cuisine and wine. It's going to be a fantastic trip full of prayer, fellowship, mirth, and it's selling out quick. We're taking less than one bus, so it's, it's intimate. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a trip of a lifetime. We want you to come with us. All you have to do is go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Catholic Man Show. Sign up today. It's selling out very quickly, but we want you to join us. Select internationaltours.com slash The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada on the buttons. And once again, when we say that he's on the buttons, we don't mean that he's literally on the buttons it's a figure of speech not that anybody actually thought that some people i just worried that some people were thinking that yeah i just occasionally like to remind them new listeners apparently we're on uh the st louis catholic radio yeah i don't know how they're doing that i don't either but i can't apparently we might be like pirating our stuff or something to put it on catholic but after this episode maybe we'll be back off yeah who knows i don't know it's kind of funny to think about like pirating stuff for Jesus, you know. <laughs> I guess he works in a mysterious mean, ways. I mean, we don't charge for it anyway. No, it's not like it would be pirating. Yeah, but we're not sending it to them, so I don't know how they're getting it. Yeah. You know. But shout out to you guys for creativity. Way to go! Yeah, you guys obviously are good at computer hacking or something. <laughs> and hey, and we need Catholics that are good at that. We need like we need a we need a patron saint of computer hacking, right? I suppose. I don't, I <laughs> I don't know. They, there could be good hackers, right? Uh, white Yeah, you could like, yeah. They're the white hat hackers as well. Yeah, white hats. Yeah, sure. Whatever that is. I know nothing about hacking, so that, that may that's, be, apparent, that's hacker may be apparent in my converse about it. So, <laughs> anyway, before we move on to the episode, anything else that, I mean, you asked me what's up. Is there anything up with you? Like, well, I mean, I did... Give away like you know your your daughter receiving yeah. first confession. Yeah. Did you ask her what she had, what she said? No. I know where it's written down though. <laughs> mm. But no, I did. How not did you ask help her. her prepare? Well, uh, honestly, Pamela does most of the 
most of the preparation just as part of the homeschool. But, you know, like at dinner, mostly at meals, we'll talk a lot about it. And part of the preparation, I think, is also informal about just having a culture of the family mm-hmm. going to confession, which I'm not as good as I'd like to be um, as, as a family, yeah. right? Uh, but we do, I mean, it's still a regular thing for us to all go and, you know, they wait and see mom and dad go. And so I think that's, a, that I don't think gets talked about enough, how important that is, you know, in establishing and like making that part of your sacramental prep mm-hmm. is having the sacraments be a part of regular family life. Yeah. I really like how Bishop Condola talks about like marriage or like, uh, yeah, marriage family prep and marriage prep Mm -hmm. he says like marriage prep starts the day that you're born yes totally you know and so like kind of the same thing like right you know for all the sacraments that you're going to be receiving the the preparation begins as a good catholic when you were born Mm -hmm. you know it is a long process of like living out the catholic life and by living it out it prepares you more and more and be to be Disposed or uh, ex- uh, not disposed, but um, exposed to the graces, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. So you know, I, I one of the things uh, Lady Pamela and I do, or we were inv- involved in the Catholic Engage Encounter, just premarital uh, marriage prep for the diocese, and it is a little bit frustrating uh, because you know you're trying to do this program and prepare someone for marriage, which is like not really something you can do in a weekend, right? You know, and but. You, we have to do the best you can because some of these people are really coming from the, the, a place where the, you know they have no idea what a sacramental marriage really is, right. okay? Because the we are so steeped in secularism now, which and this is this is actually probably a good foundation for our conversation today, that because secularism has a way of reorienting and disordering um, the things that we desire, right? Uh, where consumerism. Uh, materialism and uh, leisure, like not leisure, but pleasure and comfort become, they supplant some of the more deeper, more foundational things that we should be pursuing in life. The lower goods get disorderly put to the high, above the yes, higher goods. Exactly. And so instead of like having grown up in a house where um, like family unity was um, a big thing, it's there's like family cohesion, right? It's like, oh, we all get along fine, okay? I'm doing my thing, I'm helping you do your thing or whatever, but you know, there's not like a sense of family unity. There's not disinterested service, as right. the catechism puts it. You know, when you're not sharing meals together, when you're not doing activities together, when, when you don't have a sense of like common mission in the home, mm-hmm. then it's just like, oh yeah, I had parents, they helped me do my things, right? And it's like, you don't get a good sense of what that sharing of a, of a life means, which is, a, you know, that's the, one of, it's the essential thing of a, of a marriage is, you know, like, hey, we, let's do life together. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to do me and you do, he's like, no, 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 it's let's do us, right? Right. So it, it, is, it is a little bit frustrating trying to like convey what that means. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do it in a weekend, but you yeah. got to do your best. Um best you can for them while they're there yeah okay so we're going to talk about uh appetites the appetites and the loves okay Okay. um dave what is an appetite yeah and so i mentioned earlier we're gonna let's we're gonna be establishing the metaphysical foundations of love just like oh doesn't that feel good it's like a deep track of barry white let's just do songs Mm. so an appetite is um there are some distinctions that need to be made here because we, we can refer to appetites in two ways, okay? Um, we all think and know about like an appetite is the, when I desire. I have desires for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all desire the good, okay? Um, it's just part of who we are. The, from the day you're born, you have desires. The newborn baby desires things. Nobody had to tell the, the infant to desire it. Like uh, as a, an example would be what? Uh, well, you're des- you're hungry, okay. You desire attention. You desire like your mother, oxygen. O- yeah, like all kinds of things, right? 
Just wanted to like throw some examples. And out. even even um, babies need social interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you just leave a baby alone, it'll go like it'll go crazy or something. I don't I don't know what it it has. You know, don't it, do that. it, it we're, we have needs. God made us with according to a nature, and we're going to talk about that in a second. So um, the thing is that we all have these appetites that are not of our choosing. Okay, so we can choose not to eat, but we can't choose not to be hungry, right? Right. Um, so, uh, can we talk about a little, like, can, can I, can we lean on the whole idea of like people can only desire like happiness or the desire for happiness or do you want to yes, hold let's, that? Let's wait. Cause that's, I'm okay. going to, we're going to get to that Okay. very soon. Okay. Yeah. Very soon. So the word appetite comes from the Latin word patere, which, which means to seek. So when you put the word ad patere at appetite. Uh, add prefix toward, which means towards. It's like to uh, seek, to seek after something, or to be seeking towards something. So that's what the word appetite literally comes from. So um, we all, and I mentioned, I think everybody is a, like familiar with the idea of my appetites, or like I have these desires for things. Um, but Saint Thomas Aquinas uses it in a different way as well. So he also refers to the appetites as. Um, to name the desiring powers in general, okay, as opposed to the desire itself. So he refers to, like, the ability to desire something apart from the desire, okay? So not only do I desire food, I also have the power to desire it. The power to desire it, would that be uh, more of, the, of a grace? Well, he just calls that, he calls it an appetite. So here's why I'm asking, because, like... Okay. At, from a from a, like a natural standpoint, right? Like we all d- desire natural happiness, right? But by natural, we're meaning like that in which is natural to us, right? You uh-huh. know, you you naturally desire natural happiness. Yeah. Um. Can you naturally desire something that is not natural? No. So, like, can you desire something supernatural? Well, um. I think you. I think just like. The way you put it, I think the answer is yes, um, but it would be according to our nature to desire it. So the thing is that according to our nature, we desire something that's beyond it. That's what I was hoping you were going to say. Yeah, because like this is the problem with the whole grace versus nature debate, right? Uh-huh. A lot of it, you know, this is like what De Lubac was trying to, I think, incorrectly say. Uh, but like this, what the, the traditional Thomas, Thomistic like understanding of this principle is that. Uh, we have a natural desire uh, for happiness that can only be filled by the infinite. It cannot be filled by a finite thing. And so when we disorderly think that this this finite uh, happiness will fulfill us for the infinite, it's it's incorrect. It's incorrect thinking. But then also, but but that we can't actually desire a supernatural because we're not supernatural. Mm -hmm. Um, at least at the you know. from that standpoint, right? Right. Um, but that, but the infused grace that we receive at baptism and things of that nature will will elevate us to desire that which uh, we we are made for. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm just my initial reaction to that would be that you don't even need baptism to desire it, okay? Because it's it's in our nature to desire it. And then there was the fall, right? It's because of the, our great fall that we lost something. You know, this um, relationship with with it. With the infinite, um, and and obviously we were made for him, right? And so mm-hmm. there's even naturally something in us that's desiring this infinite good. Um, and so, but let's let's talk about that more here in a second. We're about to run into a break anyway. I just want to make the point because sometimes when you're reading Thomas, he refers to as an appetite these two things, and it can be confusing if you don't realize that he's distinguishing between. The ability and the power yeah. to desire something, right. apart from the it's a, it's a graced desire from the desire itself. Right, it's right. a graced desire. I think is, is what he sure, but I'm, but I just mean even at a natural level. Right, you know, um, y- you're right, but it's just got to know that there's two things there. We'll talk more about it on the other side of the break. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. 
and you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of this Lefroy Karchus in the Catholic Man Show drinking vessel, Glencairn glass. You know what? We should also mention our rosary. Do you have yours? Is yours on you right now? It is. So the Catholic Man Show Glencairn glass, we send one out for free to anybody who's, who sponsors the show uh, through Patreon, $10 more a month. We'll send you one. But we also have... You know, uh, we haven't mentioned this in a long time, but we have the uh, official Catholic Man Show Rosary of the Catholic through the Catholic Woodworker, a good friend of the show. Yeah, Jonathan Conrad. So you can go check that out. It's Jonathan. Also, he's been he's been a good friend of our show for a long, long time. time. Yeah, like long before he even started the, the Catholic Woodworker. That's right. Back when he was just a regular guy. Yeah, just doing regular guy stuff, living a virtuous life. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, not that he's not now. I'm, I mean, that, I'm not applying that. He's but. he's he's. he's He's yeah, I, I presume he's still doing those things mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. but he's also like running a sweet, sweet operation Side over hustle. there, like yeah. pumping out some gorgeous rosaries. So yeah, go check out our rosary over there. So anyway, we're talking about the three desires, the three appetites, the three loves. Um, you know, you maybe heard the four loves. I think that's a common thing about the Greek. Oh, the you know the Greek they have these four words for love. That's not what we're talking about. Forget that. Forget the Greeks today. Just for a second. Just for yeah, like forget about those guys. Okay, we're talking about Latin today. So um, the three the three break down into the sensitive appetite, yeah, the intellectual appetite, okay, and, and the, the natural, natural appetite, okay. And so we're going to start with the natural because that's naturally where you naturally would begin. where you would, where you would uh, be, begin. The sensitive and the intellectual appetite easy to describe, easy to um, talk about. The natural appetite is a little bit um, more complex, mm. just because it's like oh this. It's just harder to describe, but it's the ability to respond to the desires of our nature. Okay, so once again, we're talking here about, we're making a distinction between the power to desire something and the desire itself. Both of them are here in the natural appetite, but there still are two different things. It's sort of like the difference between essence and essay, Mm. right? You know, like... The way you the way you exist and the virtue by, by which, which you, you exist. exist. Okay, that you exist is different from the way that you exist. Boom. Okay, so if you want to learn more about that? Also join our Patreon because we did a whole five part series, or actually it's longer than that, but we did a whole class on the five ways yeah. of Saint Thomas Aquinas with Carlo Broussard. Patreon.com slash the Catholic. And they all Show. come back to essence and essay being the same thing in God. But. Correct. So here's what Thomas Aquinas has to say about. The natural appetite. Okay. He said, For there is a certain appetite, not following on the apprehension of the one desiring, but following on the apprehension of another. And an appetite of this sort is called natural. For natural things seek what belongs to them according to their nature, not through their own apprehension, but through the apprehension of the one who establishes the nature. So what he's saying is like, oh, it doesn't follow um, by his apprehension, but by the apprehension of another. Basically, like, somebody else has given it to them, okay? Somebody else has apprehended the good and has passed it on. You know, bas- basically, God has given this desire or this ability to desire to his creatures. Their natural end? Yes, exactly. Um, so, like, whatever it is that they're desiring to- towards their natural end? Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's why that's why he calls it the natural, um, or he actually calls it in, he calls it the connatural, connatural um, appetite. But the word apprehension is another Latin word comes from apprehensio, meaning to grasp or to know something either by the senses or understanding. So this comes to us. It's like why, as a baby, you, st- you have these desires right away. It's not that the baby 
has come to know or understand the good which it desires. Okay? It was created with those things. And you see this in animals all the time, right? That they, just from the moment they're born, they know, a deer knows I'm supposed to eat grass, and like the lion knows I'm supposed to eat deer, and whatever else. You just like, no, you don't have to tell them. They just know, Mm -hmm. right? It's part of their nature. Um, Even if they don't know, that's okay. Right. Well, yeah, in fact, they don't. Right. Because it's, but their creator, God, has has already thought thought about it and has given it to them. So the natural appetite is ultimately, this is what you're talking about, so we can flesh this out more, a desire for happiness, according to the true sense of the word. And his, Thomas, acquired, Thomas says it's necessary that all things which man desires, he desires on account of the last end. Okay, so that right there, I think, is a very interesting. Can you flesh that out? Can we can we talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit? Like, what do you like? Yeah. So we've done an episode on happiness and what it actually means and what it's not. You know, it's not about just oh, I feel so good, I'm so happy, right? You know, like, or even joy. Yeah. Which I mean, both those things are good, right? Um, but happiness is living in accord with your nature. With and with accord with your final end. Okay, so we know as Christians that means for us living the virtuous Christian life, living in a state of grace, and um, picking up our cross, picking up our cross, right? Serving, uh, living our vocation, dying to self, right? All of these things. Because if you die before you die, then you won't die when you die. Right. You just kill me with that every time, dude. Every like, time. Yeah. So that's that's what he means by happiness is that. We have this desire for happiness, and you know, I think um, you. St- I I don't know. I, it seems like there's more and more like either YouTube channels or like motivational speakers. I don't know who they are, but there's these like ultra ultra manly dudes out there who like, you know, you got to get up and like make something of yourself. You you know, a piece of junk. You know, like you know what I mean. Who are yeah? Who are these? They're like there's a lot. There's of them, there's though. like a handful of them. And they're just huge. You know, they've got these massive followings. Jordan Peterson has a little bit about that, like, you know, get up and make your bed, like, clean, mm-hmm. go clean your room, you slob. And that just touches a chord with us, right? That I'm not made to just sit around and eat cake, even though I love cake, and I love sitting around. Mm-hmm. I just feel, I feel like crap when I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, something's not right in me. Yeah, And the days I work hard and do the things I don't want to do, those are the days that, that like, that wow, I, I have this deep sense of satisfaction and personal fulfillment. Yeah, and I think that those uh, those group of men, like, it, it's like they have a little sliver of truth, and they're really running with that truth. Yeah, right? you know, yeah, sure. This whole idea of almost like stoicism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very it's very stoic. Yeah, um, but but where they're missing is the the Christian aspect of understanding. Like, no, 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 this is out of love. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they're they're pursuing natural virtue, um, like a very strong natural virtue, mm-hmm. um, which is good, but it's not it's not the best, right? I mean, it builds upon like you know your your nature, like virtu- the, even natural virtues build upon your nature, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they they're they're missing like no 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 we're doing this because we uh, we desire our end, namely for the love of our Lord. Yeah. So I th- I think we should mention okay. a lot of what we're. Pulling from comes from this book, The Passion of Love, in the Summa Theologiae by Thomas Aquinas. That's the subtitle, written by Daniel Joseph Gordon, um, which is a good book. I just want to make sure it is, because I'll be quoting... It's, it's put out by Catholic University uh, of America yeah. Press. And I'm, I'm quoting from a lot CUA of from this book, so I wanted to make sure to mention that. Um, the Fourth by uh, Father Dominic Legg, the, the good Dominican, yeah, has a sh- has a, a little blurb by Thomas Joseph, Father Thomas Joseph White, another stud Dominican. I also um, found a YouTube video by Father Gr- Gregory Pine that, in seven minutes, sums up this entire thing very beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> was like, so Gosh, what the heck are we doing? I feel, I feel like I feel terrible. Like, it's like, dang it, Father Pine. Why are you so awesome at everything? You know? <laughs> and he does it like with this great smile and anyway. great beard. No, he... no, well, not in it? this video. All right. No, this is this is a no beard, oh, no bearded oh. pine. All right. So um, one of the things Daniel says in like summing up this part up is uh, that the first love is thus a love not of our choosing. It's our desire for happiness, for a final and perfect rest of the will that yearns for nothing more. 
a rest of the will, and only the infinite can satisfy this hunger. Mm. Right. So uh, you know that we are naturally ordered towards God, like what we were talking about earlier. So that's the natural appetite. Okay. And it's going to be different for different you know animals, different creatures, but for all humanity shares this natural appetite, okay. which is going to be different for some of the other appetites. Okay. Um, the next one is the sensitive appetite. So once again, this is a passive power. It's an ability to be acted upon by something that provokes a particular emotion or response. Once again, we have the desire, which is apart from the ability to have the desire. It's also a desire for the good, which we come to apprehend through our senses. And I think this is the most common way that we think about it. Um, the and, concus- and it's almost like the concupiscible appetite. Yeah, it is. It is the that's part. The concupiscible appetite is is part it's of the part sensitive of power. Okay. Sensitive appetite. Okay, so um, you know, like you see the chocolate cake on the on the table, and this is the concupiscible appetite. And you you know you have the desire. You recognize and know something is good, and and you recognize it and know it through the senses. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so this would not be the same thing as like justice. Okay, you can recognize justice is a good, but you don't know come to know justice by seeing it, smelling it, touching it, tasting it, holding it. Okay. Um, there can be a visceral response to justice only after you come to know it intellectually. Okay, hmm. so you can have a sensual response to injustice or to justice, but you didn't come to know justice through the senses. You came to know it through the intellect, and then once you came to know it and love it, as the lover always desires his beloved, it might have a sensual response when you have it or 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 see it affronted. Um, so the sensitive appetite are things that you come to know through the senses. All right. Um, intellectual appetite. Um, let's let's get to it on the other side, just because I don't want to just like say one thing about it. Anyway, we're talking about the three loves. We're gonna be moving Which, on. What? No, we're talking about the three appetites. Three appetites or three loves. There's. We'll get to that too. Uh, which one is the strongest? I'd say the natural. It's because you can't, there's nothing you can do to avoid it. You cannot turn it off. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Battles in Autumn. The Battles in Autumn is a new spiritual exercise produced by Exodus 90 that will show you how to lead others in the faith. What we do is we open up the book of 1 Maccabees, which narrates the story of the Jewish uprising. God is calling each one of us to lead other men to him and awaken the battle raging within and around us. Our reflection will unpack how we can lead other men and be active in battle and support one another in this fight. But the most iconic spiritual exercise from Exodus, which is Exodus 90, is a 90-day journey through the book of Exodus. We will start Exodus 90 on January 1st, 2024. That's January 1st, 2024. So go to exodus90.com to find out more. That's exodus90.com to find out more information and to participate in the spiritual exercise of Exodus 90. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we're talking about the three appetites slash the three loves. So far, we've only talked about the three appetites, but we will get to the three loves. Actually, we've only talked about two appetites so far. So we've talked about the sensitive appetite, um, and the intellectual appetite is the last one. So once again, this is um, there's a distinction to be made here. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but there's the ability to, to have the desire, and then there's the desire itself. This is also called the will, um, uh, which is... And it's the desire of an immaterial good, which we come to apprehend through our intellect. Like I said, like justice. Um, justice is a good you didn't figure out because you tasted it, or ate it, or hugged it, or smelled it, or anything. Um, so I just have a question for you, Adam. Where, like, you have a love for your spouse. You desire her, so you have an appetite for her mm-hmm. as well. Where does she fit in to these three? All three. All three. That is correct. It didn't even take you like a second. To th- you didn't even have to think about it. Well done. She is all three. Yes. She is all three. Um, 
you've and in that order you first of all you had a natural desire for um which we might not get to but there are um Aquinas talks about how like there are a couple things that are just natural inclinations one of them is to propagate the species right to, towards reproduction so that was a natural thing and then you and then you saw her you know you you beheld her and you you know that was like one thing and then after that you came to know her beyond the physical and then that's the that's like boom you did it let's get married I don't know if I feel like I should be high-fiving. <laughs> yeah. You put your hand up, it's like, I'm not going to leave you hanging. But that high-five was a little weird. <laughs> Made it seem like I was somehow involved in we'll see. the stuff. And... Cool, bro. <laughs> just, let's just keep going, you think? Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's just not dwell on that. So the three loves. Uh, these three appetites are the basis for three loves which go by the same name. Um, Thomas Aquinas says, and in each of these appetites, love is the principal motion of the one tending into the end loved. I don't know. I have no idea what you just said. Love is the principal motion. That's that's the important thing okay. here. That it is love um, that moves a person. And you know, we're here to talk about the oh, appetites. Yeah, this is like actually the first way, right? Yeah. The argument of God from motion. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember the order of the ways. So I'm going to take your word for it. I'm pretty sure motion See, is the first one. It is, yep. yeah. Yeah, it sounds it sounds right. But yeah. but love is the thing that moves us, and it's always the primary thing that begins the movement. Okay, it's like because we love, that is like what makes the appetite for it. And this makes sense even in our prayer life, right? You know, because like the fruit of prayer is always a love of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and the fruit of loving Jesus Christ is the desire to move. And go evangelize, to go and make be, make disciples, to go and share this love that you have right. with others. Yeah, yeah. So it goes. There's a, a cycle. It goes from love to desire to joy. Yeah. Right. You love something, so you desire it, and then once you possess it, it you have joy in its possession. Um, so the first, the first one, which goes along with the natural appetite, uh, Aquinas calls it connatural, connatural, connaturalitas, connaturalitas. Um, natural love... That's Spanish for natural. Yeah. Natural love is not only in the power of the vegetal soul, but also in all the powers of the soul, and also in all the parts of the body, and universally in all things. So it's everything. <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> everything is Eros. Like, I feel yeah. like if Deacon, Deacon Garlic Deacon were here, he'd be, like, be like, I told you guys, <laughs> been making fun of me with all the Eros stuff. Everything is Eros. Eros is the Better thing. Better than sex. Yeah, Eros is the thing that moves all, you know, the desire of the beloved, uh, of the the desire of the lover to mm-hmm. the beloved is the thing that moves all things. And mm-hmm. obviously, God is the is the lover, the primary. Right? He is the he is the source of love. He is the lover. He is who moves all things towards Himself. He is that that He is. So ultimately, we desire to be happy. This is part of that natural thing. Um, whether we wish it or not, we all desire by our nature to breathe, to drink, to eat, and to sleep. And even if we are sometimes deprived of these goods, or if we intentionally forego them for Fasting. a higher purpose, um, you know that doesn't mean that we don't have these these desires, desires these, this love for them. So even the desire, for, even the desire for truth, I think this is important. Kind of like we talked about, you know, your spouse being a culmination of all three. Even the desire for truth and goodness flow from our natural love of these ends insofar as our intellect and our will themselves are rooted in our nature. Okay, so even these higher goods still kind of flow out of this natural love that we have towards our ultimate end, which is God, okay? Um, So there are three natural inclinations, according um, to Thomas Aquinas, um, for all things. As a substance for self-preservation. So inasmuch as we exist, we desire to continue to exist. Um, as animals for reproduction. And as rational beings for truth in society. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so, you know, this is what we mentioned. This is why then you naturally desire a spouse, okay? Um, the good is thus that... W- the good is thus that which fulfills and perfects our nature. So that's how we know what something, you know, something is good, you know, like there's, we're not moral relativists. Okay, we can say what is good and what is not good, right? Um, water and sunshine are good for an apple tree because 
it promotes the end of the apple tree, the purpose of the tree, to make apples, right? Mm -hmm. Fire and an axe are bad for the apple tree because they thwart the end of the apple tree. Um, and so we, when you look at our nature, when you look at the nature of a thing, now you know what is good and what is bad for the thing. Um, Philosophy 101. Yeah, so connaturality, connaturally suggests that word suggests a certain fittingness between the nature of the seeker and the end which he seeks so there's a um that's the he uses that word specifically only for the natural appetite the love and the beloved is basically what this right is. yeah he, he uses a different word for the other appetites the sensitive and the uh, uh, intellectual appetite and that's coaptatio okay. which means adaptation so it's just kind of interesting that, to read about his, the way he, why he would distinguish these t- things. He doesn't so much talk about a, an adaptation between the lover and the beloved naturally, because it's already made perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. Your nature is already made that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks about this idea of an adaptation between the intellectual appetite or the intellectual love and the intellect and the um, sensitive love that when you perceive the beloved you actually adapt, you, like it kind of changes you hmm. mm-hmm. sensitively and intellectually, right? Which doesn't happen in our nature, um, but it does happen in our, in, with the sensitive powers and the intellectual powers and in those loves. That, so it's just kind of uh, interesting, the, the, the depth of thought, right, that Thomas brings to, so, you know, everything is just incredible, you know, like, that how he, how he's thought all of this stuff out to the very end of the line. You know what I mean? Um, so adaptation, coaptatio, means to fit together. Um, and Are we talking about the sensitive appetite now? We've moved on to the sensitive appetite. Okay. Thank I just you. wanted to make sure. Like... Thank you. Yeah, this is about the sensitive and the rational love. Intellectual love, also called rational love. Okay. The adaptation You of... start throwing out like all these Latin words at me, and I just like, I'm a little lost. Yeah. So Coaptatio applies to the sensitive and the rational love. The adaptation of the sensitive appetite or the intellectual appetite to the some good, that is, um, he uses also the word complacent. When you're complacent with the good is when what he uses, that's the word he uses in the, the Summa. Hmm. Um, that is a, it's a fitting word to use for these two. He uses this word to describe, and it implies complementarity between the two, that which is loved and the lover. If you don't like chocolate cake, then there's no complementarity. You know, if you... Some people don't like chocolate, and I think they're probably going to hell. Um, wow. I mean, like chocolate cake. It's like, you don't like chocolate cake? Like, I don't know, man. You got to do some soul searching. Okay. Like, probably you need a spiritual director. Maybe an exorcism would be better. I don't know. Wow. I'm just saying, it's better safe than sorry, because chocolate cake. Okay. Get on board. Um, but some people don't like that, and it's just, there isn't a complementarity there, so there's no, there is no love in that in that situation. But if you know your end, namely God, and you're made for that, there is a complementary. So like Yeah. Like that's the whole point. But that would be part of the natural thing. And there's no adaptation. There's no like coaptatio there. That would be the connaturalitas. Oh, okay. Okay. Whereas because you're just made like you are made exactly the right way for that for him. Okay. He made you exactly for him. Whereas when I started drinking coffee, I didn't like it. But I have now adapted to, you know, like now I like coffee. You know, I drink it every day. So there was a coaptatio there okay. between me and coffee. Okay. If that's a good, good enough analogy. Um, so we've got a few minutes. Let's just, let's, you want to talk about? We have two, we have less than two minutes. Concupiscible and irascible. Sure. You have any questions you, you want to, you want to get into I, that? I don't, I, I don't think so. Okay. So there is a division between the sensate um, or the sensitive, the sensitive love, um, it it can be broken down into concupiscible appetites and the irascible appetites. So there's a lot of appetites that are going on here. So, but we're just talking about the. And senses. I'm not even hungry right now. Yeah, I, I am a little thirsty though. Yeah. Um, so the sensitive love is the concupiscible appetite, um, which is opposed to the irascible appetite, and it belongs to the. Um, what does that mean? The concupiscible appetite is when we desire something, when we desire a good, absolutely. And not with respect to how hard it is to achieve the good, right? So 
Uh, you see a chocolate chip cookie, and you desire the chocolate chip cookie. That's the concupiscible appetite. Now, if that chocolate chip cookie was locked in a tower guarded by, like, torches and, like, a moat with alligators in it, now we're talking about the irascible appetite because it's an arduous good to attain. Okay, so concupiscible appetite desires the cookie just because, oh, it's a cookie, here it is. Like, yes. The irascible appetite seeks seeks the good through ar- like because it's arduous. We'll talk about more on the, after the episode. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. That was kind of I wanted to like really sum that up just to try to get it in before the episode ended. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about this because I have, you know, you hear people talk about these two things a lot. If depending if you're in the right the concupiscible and the irascible, and it's like I have had it explained to me a few times, and I've never really understood exactly. Or it's like I get it at the time, but then I'll quickly forget, you know, what that is, and most of the time it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, if I remember if I remember it correctly or not. But it is like all right, it's good to just get a good explanation about what they are. So um, the concupiscible ass the First of all, you have to say it right. It's one of those words you need practice saying concupiscible. It's like the first time you said magnanimity. It's like, right. that's a tough one. Yeah, it's like, maybe I should have practiced saying yeah. that word. Concupiscible. Um, these are about the goods themselves, not about how hard they are to achieve. And like, this is one of those things, honestly, I don't think I fully understand the need to, I mean... The irascible appetite at first, you're like, why do you have to distinguish it that way? That's kind of a strange way to distinguish it. Once you get into, like, why it's distinguished that way, it starts to make a little bit more sense, okay? Um, Because there are passions related to each one. Yes. You were going to say something? Well, so the easiest way, like, I try to remember them is, like, uh, the concupiscible appetites, a lot has to do mostly with uh, um, sin against temperance. And the raspable appetites has to do with the sin against uh, fortitude. Okay, that's a good way to think about it. Um, but there are also um, good sides to both. Right, but like typically so not, when we talk about it, we talk about it in the negative form. Yeah, we do often, and especially the concupiscible, because there is concupiscence, which we talk about, which is a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. So um, when a, a Aquinas talks about concupiscible. When he uses this word concupiscence, he he's using it in a different way than Augustine uses the word concupiscence, which he tended to use it like as this tendency towards sin, right? That's not that's not how Aquinas typically uses the word, okay? He's usually using it in this actually this appetite for the good, which you can still apply towards the like concupiscence, this tendency towards sin. Because the things that we're tending towards are still goods in and of themselves, or a, or a perception at least of the good, hmm. right? Um, which is leading us towards an excess or a disordered passion, right? So, but that's not what we're talking about. So there's a, it, it, you can see why it's confusing because there's a lot of conflation of terms here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the concupiscible passion or the concupiscible appetite, there are um, six passions. Okay, so there are three for the for that relate to good objects, and those are the first one is love, considering the good as fitting to the subject, right? So, oh, you see something that you like, um, and it's fitting, so it's like, okay, yeah, you you can love the thing that that you perceive, the good that you des- that you, is before you, desire, considering a future good as sought but not possessed, and then joy, considering the good as now possessed. Okay, so. Um, you, the the way you distinguish between love and joy, they are distinct. Because if I love the chocolate chip cookie, and then I get it, um, I have joy in 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 its possession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I no longer desire the chocolate chip cookie. You have it because I have it. However, I still love it, right. and I love it whether I possess it or not. So the love of the cookie is separate from its desire and its joy. Okay, so there. There are, that's why there's a distinction there. And then the, the passions related to an evil object or hatred, 
considering evil unfitting to the subject, aversion, considering a future evil to be avoided, and sorrow, considering an evil now present. So you can see how those are just mirror opposites. Of, yeah, past, present, and future. Right, of the, of the, the good ones. So then there's the irascible appetite, um, which is once again the power, the power or ability to feel relevant emotions with regard to good or evil, which is considered difficult to achieve or avoid. So all of this, though, I think is best, like, if you go and read uh, The Four Cardinal Virtues by Joseph Pieper, like, I think that gives you the best explanation for all of this, way better than Thomas Aquinas. If you go try to to, to read this by St. Thomas Aquinas, it's going to... I agree. It's going to be very confusing and, like, I agree. tough to read. The language, the language is often difficult. And so, I mean, even sometimes when you've read... And, and for Aquinas even, like, even when you've read some of these things, I'm like, wait, what do you... What do you mean? You know, and, oh. and so yeah, like in the beginning when it's like about who's apprehending what, you know, right. like the apprehension of another as not opposed to his own apprehension. It's like right. What are you talking about? What are you saying? Yeah, right. like I had to read some of these sentences many times, very slowly. Right. This is why I love Peeper. Yeah. Oh, Peeper is great, and you're right. Um, the four cardinal virtues is. I was gonna say like maybe his best work. It's it's not, it, it's but it's up there anyway. It's, it's one of the best, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really very excellent. But it's also you have to read a book. You have to read a whole book. I mean, to understand to understand yeah. it. So we're just trying to get it get it out now. So the, the irascible appetite is goods that are considered either hard to attain or hard to or evils that are hard to avoid. And so there there are some really important um, passions that come out here, and. Um, Father Gregory Pine, he used this example of that I'm going to just rip off from him because I thought it was very good. Like, imagine the passions are this river, okay, and it's kind of winding and it's a little unruly and it's like going through, right? And it has the tendency to like flood and flood in the town and destroy stuff, but it also is really good for generating electric power and food and, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, transportation, all kinds of things that. Like the river is really essential for, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's not about it's not that it's bad. The passions are not bad. What what we need to avoid is unruly passions. Okay, this is why the virtuous life is so important because um, the virtue virtue is what guides and masters those passions and focuses them into the energy, like the channels of energy that God made them for. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you can imagine building dikes or dams or things to help control and manage the river, and those are like the virtues. Um, and so, like, we shouldn't shun the passions, which I think there's sometimes a tendency to do, like, oh... What's this stoicism? Yeah, it is. It, in, it, uh, yeah, stoicism, it's, it really is still deep, kind of, like, subliminally in our culture. There's a lot of it. So that's, that's the wrong attitude to think that the passions are bad and that they need to be avoided. No, they just need to be channeled, right? Because they're, they're good. Ordered properly. Even anger. Even a- anger is not bad, okay? If ordered um, properly. It is often, and maybe most often, disordered. And in fact, the word, the irascible appetite, actually is named. Irascible ma- means anger. Mm-hmm. So it's actually named after uh, being angry. But let me just, I'll just read these here. Um, the irascible passions corresponding to the arduous good... There's a hope in face of an arduous future, a future good that one deems possible to attain, and then despair in the face of an arduous future good that one deems impossible to attain. And then the irascible passions corresponding to an arduous evil or fear in the face of an arduous future evil that one shrinks from, and daring, I would have said courage, but he says daring in the face of an arduous future evil that one nevertheless approaches, and then anger, which is a little bit different, is the perception of an injustice that in, that includes the desire for revenge or the righting of a wrong. And this is where the irascible passion gets its name. So that's, that is the metaphysical foundation of love. What we've done here <laughs> is laid it out. For those who are still with us? Yeah. You made it. You made you it. You did it. This is the end. I'm proud of you. So in sum... We have natural, sensitive, and intellectual appetites. We have the power to, uh, power to desire, and then we have the desires that flow out of those things by the same name. Um, 
And you're made that way for a purpose. And there are passions that go along with each appetite. All of which are good. All of which come as part of our nature that we need to harness and focus like with our vocation, right? So you think about your vocation as being the avenue through which you focus those passions. Mm-hmm. If you're a married man, like, like be passionate about being married, right? Mm-hmm. And like whatever your, whatever your vocation is, put your energies into it mm-hmm. and focus your virtue in that way and you'll be a holy man. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus.